to the Book of Majora podcast. It's the podcast where we discuss the lore of the Legends of Zelda series. My name's Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Now, last we left off on this beautiful, non-violent shoujo manga, Link had just won the wing ceremony, and he did the special thing with Princess Zelda. Well, who isn't a princess? He's just Zelda. And now Link and Zelda are just flying through the clouds, having a romantic moment. What could go wrong? What could? It's the confessional scene, so absolutely nothing will go wrong. Or the other thing. But it does. Yes. What? Monica, what happened? A giant tornado appears. Uh Uh-huh. And Zelda is whisked into it. And Daring Link dives off his loft wing, but is suddenly repelled from the tornado. I don't know how that works, but it does. And as he blacks out, he hears a voice that the time has come for him to awaken. I like how his instinct is he sees Zelda's bird get flung away by the tornado, so he jumps off his own bird. Yeah. Right. What's he going to do? I guess he plans to go down with her. Like, he's got the parasail. Oh, he does, I guess. Parachute. So he will catch Zelda and then somehow deploy the parachute. Or something. So this tornado is definitely Girahim. It is, as of right now, the Black Magic Tornado. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure what's going down with it yet, though. Well, I'm, I'm casting ahead a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Girahim. Um, Link dreams of Fi and of Zelda being eaten by a giant chubby boy. <laughs> oh, it's for the monster from the opening of the game. Yes, Mr. Teethy Wiggly Toes. Yeah, we haven't seen his toes yet. He's got and them. Fee, much like Minerva at the end of Assassin's Creed 2, speaks through Link, but to the spirit of the hero, which is who she tells to awaken. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. What do you mean? That's it. <laughs> That's it. Ah. Uh... Um, I think that this game is the best game in the series in terms of supporting the way that I view the spirit of the hero, as far as that goes. I'm sure you will explain this to us in time. Oh yeah, 100%. Link wakes up in his bed, and there's Kapora in his room. Um, And this is one of many times where Link sort of mimes and explains what happens. He's talking, we just don't hear it. Kapora's like, okay, it's good that you're safe. Where is my daughter? And it's one of those sequences where we see that this Link actually does talk. He turns to him and he, like, we get this scene where he explains what happens. We just don't hear any of it. And it's an interesting effect. Why do they do this? To keep from ascribing words to Link that we haven't chosen for ourselves, I suppose. I really prefer that method because everyone is free to construct their own Link. And a lot of people, judging my fanfic, construct him a lot more sassier than I like. Well, I mean, he's actually fairly sassy in this game. I know, I know. He's a a rude boy. They lean in on the sassy. (laughs) Or the sarcastic. Like, I don't know. I've never bought into the idea that it's easier to relate to a silent protagonist. Oh, I don't think the matter is necessarily that Link is easier to relate to in that case. If they wanted to make him easy to relate to, they would just take out Link and put in someone like, say, Prince Zuko or something. But there are still advantages in terms of how we see that kind of character and how they can be used. 
they're writing with those blank spaces. And I still like it. We're just, me and Monica are kind of old fuddy-duddies with regards to this. We're, we're okay with the way that the series is changing, but there are definite strengths to the old style. Also, we don't really need to hear what happened. We just lived it, so we yeah. don't need another summary. That would be bad writing. I feel like there is, and I think they have done more elegant ways of having scenes like this without Link talking, but relaying information than he clearly talks, but we don't hear it. Like what? Like they, the other character finds out some other way. Like maybe they were watching from the cliff or something. I feel like if Link just looks sad and looked down for a minute, then everything that really needed to be communicated to Gapora would, you know, be there in that look. I think that probably, oh, I mean, he does look very sad about the whole thing. I know, but you didn't have to, you know, gesture and mouth flap. I think that really the point of the sequence isn't so much Link's explanation as it is Gapora asking the question at all, where is my daughter? The sad music plays. Yeah. It's really more... The scene isn't so much about Link. It's about the fact that Link has to explain himself to someone who cares a very great deal about what just happened. The funny thing is that Kapora just concludes that as long as she's with her Loftwing, she'll be okay. A very strong faith here. She's not with her Loftwing, though. We don't know where the Loftwing went. Where'd that Loftwing go? Do we even see it again until the credits? No. Oh. It's Hylia. <laughs> he, maybe Kapora just, like, he can't fathom the idea that Zelda was pulled down to the surface. Hmm. So he assumes that she's somewhere in the sky, ergo her loft wing must be with her, and it's night, so they wouldn't go flying right now. Yeah. Right. She's just falling indefinitely, and eventually her loft wing will catch up to her. Yeah. Because she will whistle. There's nothing down there. <laughs> Oh, we're getting on the edge of a conversation that we're about to have to... We're going to have to have this conversation pretty soon, but I don't think right now. Oh, what conversation is that? Uh, let's just leave it for when it comes up. I, I don't, actually don't know what you're talking about. Good. That's that's honestly for the best, because I want mm-hmm. your raw reaction when it's important. You think we'll get to in this episode? Uh-huh. Okay. Jumping ahead, uh... A nice little musical sequence happens in, in the nighttime. I guess it's a harp. Wait, are, are you talking? Are you talking about it? Fi? Oh, Fi. Do we Fali need to Fali. settle how we're going to say her name? It's Fi. Let's do it a little bit differently each time. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep saying Fi, and I'm pretty sure that her name is written with characters that are read as Fi in Japanese. Oh, now I'm gonna fact check you on that. Okay. Crystal can mm. say Fi, and Cam can say Fi, and then I will say Fofum. Okay, the Zeldapedia is transliterating the Japanese characters with F-A-I. That would be Fi. fi. Right. That is right. Keep, it, you could keep calling her Fi. Right, I keep calling her Fi, which is her name. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. It is a transliteration of the Greek character Fi. Oh, cool. But I'm gonna call her Fi. I did not know that. So anyway, Link sees Phi. Yes, and 
Or at least a vision of her. It's the dead of night when this shit happens. <laughs> it's the dead of night, and this lovely melody plays probably one of the top five Zelda songs. Oh, yeah. Like, Fi, ha- as much as we shit talk Fi, and she is probably the weakest companion character in the entire series, I think she easily has the best character theme in the franchise. Well, maybe not easily, but she does. It is really a testament to how bad Fee's dialogue is that she didn't become like a breakout character because all the all the elements for that happening are here lovely song good visual design design. moe girl they made the master sword of moe girl i don't know if i would have put it that way but (laughs) i'm glad that you decided to put that out there on the table where now all of our listeners can hear it they made the master sword into a smartphone and google assistant or alexa whatever floats your boat fuck me <laughs> no but yeah, she's mean, literally yeah. the google assistant who says you know this thing is 10 feet away and your batteries are low and you know there's an 80 percent chance of rain and or this being the thing you're looking for i like Phi better than most people but she is sidekick characters in this series generally speaking are pretty good mm-hmm. and she's definitely the weakest I don't think any... There's not a lot of people who will argue that point. Let's say it's a testament to Breath of the Wild that when they did her voice in that last memory... Oh, God. That it was very moving. It fucked me up. Actually, I think it's more a testament to how the very last scene she has pulls back super hard on how little you're attached to her. And I mean, it's too late by then, but that's the feeling that's called back up in the Breath of the Wild sequence. Yeah. Anyway, Link follows this mysterious vision outdoors, and then the song increases in in instruments, and it's pretty, and he follows her all the way to the bottom of the giant goddess statue, where there's a, a mysterious entrance that opens up, and... And he still has his sword, and he gets attacked by a cat. Yeah. Monica doesn't care about the fighting Nobody parts. Nobody cares about the cat. What? No, come on, that's important. The kitty cat. You didn't write any notes about the cat attacking you? The cat is mean at night. Yeah. And Cam, you think this is the evil leeching into Skyloft? Yes. I guess we'll get more into that later. Okay. Um, And wandering into that room inside of the goddess statue, it's a very interestingly designed room. There are six pillars in the room. And they're all topped with basically a design of Hylia's face. And her hair is sort of made out of wind or very flowy, wind or waves. The pillars, the interior is again designed with um, a relief of Hylia holding up a sword. And on each side of the other, other sides of the pillars, um, they have Zelda's family crest inscribed. And on the back there is the full Triforce. So basically, the whole place is decorated with symbology suggestive of Zelda and the entire history of the whole fucking franchise. Yes. This game is very laden with design elements. Yeah, it's very dense. And in fact, uh, we that that this will this particular recap will happen more than once per new area. Yeah, but it, it is a room that really is, I guess, a statement that, you know, the Triforce is 
or was guarded by Hylia. Mm-hmm. And Hylia and the Triforce have a connection to, you know, Gapora's line. Mm. And this is also where we see, oh no, that's outside the three emblems of the sages. Oh, yeah. It's not inside. Right, it's outside. I forgot. Um, let's see. What do I have here? Phi talks to Link. He has been chosen... And he has the burden of destiny. Uh-huh. Um, Fi calls Zelda Honorable Zelda, the spirit maiden, another chosen one who is fated. I like the, the one chosen by my creator. I mm-hmm. have been waiting for you. You will play a role in a great destiny. <laughs> According like... to your social customs, I should provide you with my personal designation. Fi is the name I was given. I was created for a single purpose long before the recorded memory of your people. I must aid you in fulfilling the great destiny that it is your burden to carry. You know, it's interesting because her dialogue is very robotic, but whenever Fi speaks, the actual sounds that she makes are intensely melodic, enough so that a passerby when Monica was playing during the last session noted that the way the blue lady talked was very musical. Now I'm just picturing her with Google Assistant's voice. I really like the phrase burden of destiny. Yeah. Someone's got to carry it. Yep. Yeah, I guess. And I like, Link. And I like the portrayal of... Because in a lot of robot fiction, robots are like, oh, we, we, are, we are the evolution of organic life. It's final destiny. But here robots are like prototypes for organic life. I think that partially it's the I, the whole thing about we will replace the organics is kind of like an externalization of fears regarding miscegenation. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, like, I'm glad that that has never been a thing in the Zelda games because it's not just trite, boring, and lazy. It's also low-key racist. Moving on, Fi directs you to pick up the sword and raise it skyward. Is this where Kapora come in? Uh, right after you pick up the sword oh, okay. and Fi recognizes you as her master. You are now registered. She's read your fingerprints. I guess so. And she's going to give you some information that she projects has a high probability of altering your current emotional state. <laughs> Fi's dialogue is... I don't know. She must have been very difficult to translate. I have to wonder... What led them down this particular path for framing her character? I have no idea. No one knows what she sounded like in Japanese, right? No. Ugh. Kapora walks in and is not as surprised as I would be if there was a giant hole in the statue. He's like, whoa! And, you know, some shit kid that my daughter has a crush on is in there. Well, he knew that the chamber was there. Yes. The chamber of the sword. And... It's been passed down to him and or a select few each generation that it exists um, along with a handful of words. And these words are golden. So you know that it's um, passed down, passed down by the goddess in theory or someone. When the light of the goddess's sword shines bright, the great apocalypse will wake from its long slumber. Do not fear, for it is then that a youth guided by my hand shall reveal himself in a place most sacred. I guess reveal himself to Gapora in particular. Yes, and then the sword was glowing a few days ago, and I guess, I guess there's nobody you can tell 
but I'd be freaking my shit out. Yeah, of course. I think maybe that's also why he wasn't freaking out more about Zelda. Mm. Yeah. Probably shits on the oral tradition right now. (laughs) Yeah, she does. She calls it one of the least reliable methods of information retention and transmission. It appears that critical sections of the passage have been lost over the generations. And then we get this next bit. Also in gold. The youth who draws for the guiding sword shall be known as the goddess's chosen hero. And it is he who possesses an unbreakable spirit. He shall be burdened with the task of abolishing the shadow of apocalypse from the land. Such is his destiny. With the spirit of the blade at his side, he shall soar over the clouds and plummet below. And united with the spirit maiden, shall bring forth a piercing light that resurrects the land. The spirit maiden is Zelda, who Fee says is alive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is the point where I'd like to say that um, that bit where they reference the goddess's chosen hero, and a lot of people, including the author of the Skyward Sword manga, interpret that as meaning that there was a hero in the distant past. Yes, joined but- together with the whole, the goddess gave her chosen hero the sail. Right. But, but there isn't one. <laughs> the, but here's the goddess did give her chosen hero a sail. Yes. And Phi identifies Link as the chosen hero. There was no hero in the past. Then who did she give the sail to? Link. <laughs> this Link. But it was in the past. No, it wasn't. I would say the, the legend was started so that the ritual could um, get transferred down to the point where Zelda... Hylia uh-huh. Reborn would give her chosen hero the sail. Those oh, were so they were not emulating an event that happened in the past. They were emulating an event that would happen in the future. Yes, those yes. words were always about events yet to be. And that's a really neat part about the game. Like giving, I don't know if it's giving the game more credit than it uh, deserves. Because on one hand, maybe the writers halfway just forgot that there was some sort of a prophesized pre-hero. Nah. But no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that they, they actually had this in mind, that there was no previous hero. This was all Hylia's plan to get this um, sail to Link. And it's only really obvious on replays. Yeah, and playing through the game, and I've finished it since last recording, there is no other mention of an ancient hero now we're getting into some good time stuff yeah yes yeah well this begs the question zelda zelda's precursor is hylia Mm -hmm. ganon's precursor is demise sure who is link's (laughs) precursor it's just link it's just link okay but okay i think the thing is you're talking about how did the war play out back then sure and if Link didn't have an equivalent back then, why does there need to be one now? And I think, why indeed? I think the thing is that over the course of this game, Link is forged into a weapon that can kill the Demon King. And that is what he's for. He wasn't there in the past war, so that war was much more terrible than it needed to be otherwise, spanning over much of the world. But, but also, that was fought almost entirely by Hylia. Yeah. That that does, um, I think a few various people mentioned that, including Demise. 
she was the one that fought and we should have been able to see that that would have been pretty cool well she fought on behalf of the humans uh the we do have indications that in the ancient past the robots the gorons Mm -hmm. the magma they all fought against the demons too the umbrella and the zora the dragons fought i don't know if the the dragons fought they're not mentioned uh i feel like there's dialogue with regards to that i just played this i know game. you just played it so helios set up circumstances to create the kind of spirit that would eventually come to be able to mow down hundreds of guardians all by himself yes the unbreakable spirit the one and hero. that is why link has no name because he is a gun no his name's link or whatever you name. No, his name in this game was Cameron. <laughs> He's like Big Boss. No. He is a gun. Is that what people say about Big Boss? That's what Big Boss says about himself. It's like, <laughs> y- you can't create a world without guns. I am a gun. That's a fun way to try to obviate your responsibility for all those war crimes. Yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong that Big Boss is a nuclear terrorist, no. Yeah. But that's I mean, a- he has... No room to be lecturing Pacifica Ocean. I don't really know that there's a worse kind of terrorism than nuclear terrorism, but if there was one, Big Boss would go for it. (laughs) What about, like, child soldiers? He did that, too. Yeah, he did do that. He also made child nuclear soldiers at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Back to Zelda. I don't know. Where... Fi directs Link to raise his sword skyward, and this charges up the sword. And when you slash it, a beam comes out. And in hero mode, you get the um, the full charge. Immediately. Immediately. It's pretty cool. Your full charge in that the skyward strike, which is what this maneuver is called, becomes more powerful over the course of the game as the sword is enhanced. Yeah. Whereas in hero mode, you get the fully powered Skyward Strike, even with your dinky little starter sword. Yes. Or the second, it's already the second sword. You don't get the first one for very long. It's still pretty dinky. Anyway. um, It's the goddess sword. Yeah. She forged it. Yeah, and she made the spirit (laughs) And she programmed Google Assistant. Yeah, she's a very good programmer, Hylia. Um, The sword beam... uh, Hits, or you are supposed to hit this um, symbol of Hylia... Um, which is a time stone, and it lights up purple. Is it a time stone? I think so. How is time? What is the Skyward Strike? It's a beam of energy. No, bullshit. What is that energy? It's force. <laughs> Crystal, what's your take? Well, uh, at the time of the Hyrule Fantasy, it would come to be powered by Link's life force. But for right now, um, I don't know. I think that given the way that it interacts with the goddess cubes and other elements of Hylia, and it's not a time stone. Time stones can be activated by anything. But these, I think, are probably activated by Link channeling Hylia's power into the sword. Hmm. Okay. That's just what I think. Goddess of time and sky. I think it's a refined time stone. We'll get to this. Sure. We'll, I, we'll I, get to this by saying me saying purple time stones. <laughs> It's one of it's a spinny sword beam like from Link to the Past unless you do a stabbing motion with it in which case it becomes a sword beam like from Legend of Zelda the Hyrule Fantasy. I'm glad they didn't have you have full hearts to be able to unleash that. Oh that mm, yeah. That would have sucked. Would have been bad. 
anyway, you hit the thingy and it spins and a rail map appears. Yeah, it is basically a rail map, isn't it? Yes. There is a, a green gem on it. Big stone tablet. And Phi remarks that the cloud barrier, which was created by the goddess, um, has it is actually permeable. And um, now a beam of light has pierced and opened it up. And previously they had assumed that it was impermeable because the loft wings would not go near it. Yes. Um, nothing? You ever notice that <laughs> Gapora kind of looks like Rick Sanchez? What? Hold on. <laughs> Who's Rick Sanchez? Uh, of Rick and Morty. Oh. No. Oh, shut no. up. How do you figure? He's got like the eyebrows and the hair and the face. I'm looking at anime Rick Sanchez right now and it's still way the fuck off. Well, anyway, Link, he's. he's That's it? Got, You're he... just gonna fucking lay that egg and run away from it? Right, yes. Okay. Link puts on his night clothes. Oh, yeah. And every year, you know, they choose a different color for the clothes, and this year it's green. Yes. And Kipora, they actually gave him a line that he had doubts about the color, even though, you know, Pippis is. Like puke colored. Yeah. Well, it's a very nice color. Yeah, links are good. Carnets are a very nice yellow. Pippets is somewhere between them and doesn't look as fine. I never actually checked to see if um, Pippet and Carne have chainmail on theirs, but Link definitely has chainmail underneath his. They do. It's a very nice uniform. Yeah, it feels fairly practical. Also, this is the third origin of the green tunic, I think. Right, the first origin was that it was the Kokiri thing, mm-hmm. and then it was from the Hero of Men, and now it's from the Knight Academy. Yeah, rewriting the Minish story. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, it back is. and back and back. Yeah, they haven't gone further back than Skyward Sword, so as of right now, this is still the standing origin of the Hero's Tunic, that Link had this particular color of green in his graduating class, I guess? But also, uh-huh. each of those other origins are still true, because the Kokiri tunic was going to be that color regardless. Um, I think it's the... Well, someone remarks, but I think it's the weapons um, master comments that the sword that you're carrying isn't from Skyloft. Um, and in fact, someone else remarks it can only be carried by the Chosen One. Oh, so somebody recognizes it as the goddess sword. Yeah. Who does that? I'm pretty sure it's the weapons master, but I did not note down who... Um, Alan gives you a free shield. You don't have to buy it. Oh, and that's good. I think that's where you want to talk about the shield, Cameron. Oh, um, what about the shield? The shield design. For the wooden shield? It's not a wooden shield. Oh, it is a wooden it's shield. It's a wooden shield. Okay. He doesn't just fucking start off giving you the blessed shield. Did you want to talk about the blessed Nope. It'll be really? when we can get the blessed shield. I do not note down every instance of shield acquisition here. I see. Well, you know what? Next time it comes up around that neighborhood, we'll talk about it. Fine. Fledge gives you an adventure pouch. It's for adventures. It's very nice of him to have made that. Coward ass little bastard. All sorts of treasures inside it. Um the adventure pouch is where you store your weapons. Yeah, like your shield and whatnot. Yeah, the shield, bottles, uh metals. Metals. Metals yes. that can make all of your stuff work better. And you start off with a limited number and you have to buy them from Beetle and he keeps on raising the prices. You have to buy expansions from Beetle. Yes. That asshole. Uh, surprisingly, you do not stuff your bugs and or um, 
special treasures there. So Link is free to carry 99 wasps right off the bat. Right. He has a separate treasure pouch, I guess. Um, Is there anything about any of the treasures in this game that's going to blow our minds? Because Uh, spirit spirit (laughs) tracks, like, hit us with the one-two punch when we weren't expecting it and changed our understanding of the whole fucking setting. There's a couple of things. Uh Uh-huh. Oh. There is the, what are they called? The dark crystals. Can you pull it up? The dark crystals? The dark, the glowy things. Oh, the evil crystal. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Oh, this (laughs) solid chunk of pure crystallized monster malice is extremely rare. And it is the same fucking color as Malice from Breath of the Wild. Yes. It does look like Malice. It definitely does. Hmm. You Hmm. get it from defeating cursed Bokoblins and Dark Keese. Basically anything that can throw a curse at you. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. It is neat. It also suggests that the Malice is not original to Ganon. It's just that it has become, like, bosses don't drop malice, only very strong concentrations of curse curse or evil drop this, and it has to be even worse. So, and Ganon in Breath of the Wild is, like, made of it. <coughs> it seems like the amount of evil that Ganon is pumping out in Breath of the Wild is much greater than that that we deal with in Skyward Sword. See, the uh, cursed Bokoblins appear in the Ancient Cistern and in the Skykeep. Yes. Their compendium description is, The malice has given these Bokoblin skulls a sort of life. Devoid of any intelligence the Bokoblin it once belonged to may have had, these pitiful things now exist only to attack anything that gets too close. The cursed Bokoblins are also very important for my understanding of the larger arc of this game. But we'll get to that when we get to the Ancient Cistern. Another interesting treasure is the Goddess Plume. And I I think those are her colors. It's like a crystallized feathery thing. A plume. A plume. Hmm. And I like to interpret her wings that color. Oh, I see. Do you think that they could have been from the goddess's wings? Maybe. Because she had wings. Yes. I don't know. One of the interesting things about this game is that that it never really gives us a very good idea of what Hylia looked like. Mm -hmm. It's left to our imagination, so it's easy to think that she may have looked like uh, Zelda, but with wings. But it's also easy to imagine she may have been a true form of the Greek gods kind of god, who was like all wings and burning eyes and shit. Is that a Greek god or like... The, The true form of the Greek gods would kill people if you looked at them. Oh, yeah. Or drive you crazy. Yeah. They definitely weren't just people looking. Uh, Fee's description of the cursed Bokoblins. This horrifying Bokoblin reanimates after death. Analysis indicates it fears pure, shiny items and will startle at the sight of a sacred shield. It is able to reanimate purely through its hatred of this world. Mm-hmm. And its attachment to outlandish underpants. Ah. She has an underpants comment for every Bacoblin. They do all wear leopard prints. I know, but it's weird. And I think Fi is supposed to be very weird. She's a weirdo. She has some moments that are weird. They could have made her weirder 
Yeah, but that also could have gone in the wrong direction. Yeah, I guess so. In fact, it's leaning already in the wrong direction. If you made her underpants fixation any more intense, the character would read very differently. It's already weird. It's already weird. But I think we made it weirder than it reads in the game. Here, um, you can wander into the bazaar, and it's a lovely place where the theme song of the bazaar changes depending on which area you're in and who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody has their own mini melody. It's so good. And there's quite a cast of characters in here. I really love them. Uh, Who's your favorite? Mm, I like the... I can't remember his name. The potion maker's husband, who, as a side job, uh, mixes bugs into the potions. And as he stirs, he has to soothe their baby, which, you know, will start crying. And then he'll have to stir faster and try to shush it. Who do you like, Crystal? I like the fortune teller. <laughs> With the giant luminous eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be Sparrot. Um, oh, Bertie was the name of the potion shop guy. Yeah, the potion shop is run by Love and Bertie. I think that my favorite, I guess this is pretty typical of me. No, I don't know. I have to think about that for a second. Cause is it Petrus? Petrus is really good, is the thing. Because she has no interest in doing her job or being here at all. But also Gondo's very good. Mm-hmm. And I also really... Like the guy who runs the gear shop, who's like the exact opposite of Beatrice in that he really wants you to buy things and has a very typical good customer service acumen. Uh, But when you walk away from him, he goes, and just kind of collapses in on himself and wanders to the back of the shop. All of the retail people in this game have very fun personalities. Yeah, I think this is the strongest collection of shop characters that the Zelda series has ever had. And I'm including the blacksmith from Majora's Mask. And Ravio? Yes, even Ravio. Mm. So you can finally fly off Skyloft on your own without doing a minigame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can now explore the sky and, I guess, go under the clouds. But of course, since we're not Cameron, we will fly towards the Lumpy Pumpkin. I, I I usually go to each of the major places first in Skyward Sword. It's nice to fly around. I like flying in this game. The Lumpy Pumpkin has uh, is run by Pum and Kina, and there is a giant chandelier, which is not very properly secured. Uh-huh. And somebody put a heart piece on it and a couple of rupees to sweeten the deal. Right. And giant signs warning you not to cause a lot of uh, shakeups in the balcony area don't roll into anything so of course you gotta i mm. who put the heart piece there crystal what do you mean uh, how did the heart piece end up on the chandelier someone put it there obviously well see i think that the heart piece isn't real and that it represents link's personal growth <laughs> i think that pump put it there and it's all insurance fraud oh or maybe not insurance fraud but he milks Plenty of money off of Link. We, Those... can, we we came to the conclusion last episode that Skyloft is not a capitalist society. How are you going to get insurance fraud going in, <laughs> in Skyloft? Okay, it's a loose excuse at getting a better chandelier. Okay. No, I still think that Link has just never destroyed anything really beautiful, and he grows as a person after doing so. 
That's terrible. No, I think it's like there's a a big spider that crawled up there and died. <laughs> uh huh. And it and left it one left fourth of a heart. Yeah. It was. It listen. It was a pig spider. This is a hell of a fucking spider. It's like a quarter of a goma got the up there. The Tula in this game are gigantic. Kina chased it up there with a broom, and it was too scared to come down, so it just waited until it died. <laughs> um. It's also, I, I guess there's electricity in other places, like in the bazaar, but this chandelier is definitely powered by electricity as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what the best part of the sequence is? What? When you inevitably roll into the thing, and the chandelier falls down, <laughs> and there's this long moment of quiet where everyone stares at the destroyed chandelier, and then Pum shouts, Why would you do that? <laughs> There was a heart piece. No, because like it's clear that within the canon, Pum doesn't know that a heart piece is up there or the heart piece doesn't exist. So to to lookers on, what Link did in destroying that chandelier feels like a completely arbitrary act of destruction. And he posted signs and everything. Yeah. It, 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 the game could not be more clear about how the characters in this setting do not want you to break that shit. And to um, to pay them back, Link does a bunch of random tasks. You can't do all of them right now. Can you even do one? I think so. Um, if you have a bottle. Actually, where do you get that He bottle? gives you a bottle. He gives you a bottle? Yeah, you okay. can keep the bottle if you do the thing. Ah, yes. So you can do this part. See, I do remember some shit. Thank you. You will have to bring some of this warm pumpkin soup over to the weapons master. And he loves drinking it, but only when it's hot. Pumpkin soup in this game is disappointing. It just, you can drink it hot. That's it. Yeah. Um, after that, you have to help Kina carry some pumpkins. There's a pumpkin mini game where you have to walk a little bit left or to the right if the pumpkins start tilting because you're carrying like five or seven at a time. Does this use the Wii Motion Plus? Kind of. No, I mean, you're just... You just have to walk to the left or the right, and and it starts sliding. I see. It's kind of like walking a tightrope. Oh. The tightrope's in the game. Oh, okay. And finally, uh, when you get the harp, you have to strum along with Kina singing, which is a mini game that a lot of people find very hard. Yeah. But is also how I got all of my additional rupees to buy Beatles shit. Right. Instead of just like going to Fun Fun Island. The mini games in this game are hard, except for this harp game for me. All right. Do we want to talk about them now, or shall we wait till later? I mean, we might as well. We are way fucking behind on getting to Skyview. <laughs> this is about how long I've I take through the game. No, it's not. You took like five fucking hours. Uh, these longer. episodes will not be long enough to reflect how long Fine. it takes okay. you to get down to the ground. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we See, are soaring towards the ground. We're making crystal ground. drop shit now. I'm sorry, Crystal. I dropped a thing. Like Zelda. Likes. Or the chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> that Link has to very deliberately and intentionally smash. For no good reason. There's a heart piece up there. I love how proud Pum is of the chandelier and how he specifically draws your attention to it when you come in. It's like, that's his pride. That's the example of how hard he worked and how much he's accomplished running this little inn. Well, we're dashing towards the giant green pillar because we have to keep this podcast... The pillar of light. ...fairly trim. 
and blink alarmingly. Yeah, like, listen, it, there's no insurance companies in Skyloft. <laughs> no, not at all. But he does get free labor out of Link. Yes, exactly. I would wager that the value of the labor he derives from Link is worth more than the cost of the chandelier. Why do you think that? Well, I think that's. I just think that's a scam he's running. What jobs does he have Link do? Uh, delivery. Uh-huh. One delivery. <laughs> he charges a lot for delivery. Oh, I guess he fucking it must. It has to be fast within like five minutes. Uh-huh. Then carry some pumpkins. Uh-huh. One load yeah. of pumpkins. One load of pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Like seven at a time, though. Yeah, one load of seven pumpkins. <laughs> carry seven pumpkins. Well, I mean, okay, here's here's the other part of it, is that the chandelier wasn't actually that expensive. Like, he, paid, he paid like 20 bucks for that chandelier. He got like... 200 bucks worth of labor out of link you know what i'll accept that link's labor as seen is supposed to be uh representative of a larger amount of toil yeah he probably carried like 20 pumpkins Uh, sure 20 fucking pumpkins (laughs) 21 Uh, anyway i'll accept that he got more out of link than link put into it or than link destroyed yeah there it is i'll i'll buy that sure but also, he's pretty gracious about the whole thing. Yeah, because he wanted that chandelier. He did. The new one. Oh, I don't know. We're all having... This is right <laughs> next door to the Tom Nook discourse that was a thing for about two days, and I can't handle more of that right now. Oh, so let's talk about on. the Tom Nook discourse. I really don't want to. I, okay. I I would sooner pull my eyes out, so I can't retweet her no Nook more. Tom Nook is great. Oh, boy. Tom Nook is landlord propaganda. What? I mean, I don't pay him hmm? rent. I pay off a value of a house. Right, which he forces upon you. Uh, if the, if I really wanted to move, I wouldn't have to stay in town. Or I could stay in that tent forever, Cameron. I said I wouldn't participate <laughs> in this. Cameron's ready to jump into y'all th- the giant pillar of light. Y'all thought that I was kidding. I'm not doing this. Fuck this. Oy. Talking about Tom Nook. Giant pillar of light and Link just jumps in. Even though this should be really terrifying because the the earth is okay. However, you many say kilometers. giant pillar of light, but what he's really jumping into is the opening in the clouds through which you can see the ground below. A sight utterly alien to the natives of Skyloft. Yeah, he wouldn't even know what all that fucking green is. But does that stop him? No, motherfucker goes straight in, and it's like a couple of kilometers down. He really falls. And he he has what's arguably a parachute, but probably isn't. It's just something knitted. It's got goddess magic. I okay. mean, it must. We came to that conclusion. Yeah. Um, and down he falls. And down he falls. And the first place that he falls is the sealed grounds. Okay, now we got to stop for a second. Uh, Crystal, do you remember the color of the sky from the sealed grounds? I don't is it different than blue it is not it's very blue okay crystal why can you see the sky from the surface what do you what you mean you thinking because the clouds should block it Uh uh-huh yeah the clouds are higher than that higher than the sky yeah and they're not blocking out the sun you can also see the sun are they higher than the sun you can see the sun you can see the sun's from skyloft yes you You can can see see them from the you can see the sun from the surface Right. The surface, not... which 
Skyloft's cloud cover is so absolute, they don't know that the surface is there. In spite of the fact that the geography of Skyloft covers the entirety of the area of the surface that Link interacts with over the course of the game. And you can look up into a cloudless sky. Yeah, because the clouds are higher. Higher than what? The sky. Crystal? (laughs) Are you saying that Skyloft is in space? No, I'm... Look, look, okay. What I'm saying... Okay, here... There's the surface. (laughs) Above the surface is the sky. Uh Uh-huh. Above that sky is the cloud layer. And and how does the, the sun factor in? Oh, the light gets through. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you can look up into a literally cloudless sky, Crystal. Where'd Skyloft go in this? It's there. It Above the clouds. Here's the thing. I don't think it is. Okay. Tell me your theory. I don't think that the clouds are actually a physical barrier between Skyloft and the land below. I think mm. that the sky that Hylia sent humanity up into was not the sky physically. It is another realm entire Mm. that is pierced by the power of Hylia and that is shaped into the stone tablets. Mm. This is an equivalent of the realm of the Ocean King. It's another pocket dimension. It's another pocket of dimension by another spirit of good. Levius, perhaps. Hylia. Hylia? Hylia. Not Levius, protector of the skies? Levius could be involved in it, yeah, but I, I mean, it makes easy sense for it to be Hylia's dimension, doesn't it? Or at least a space cordoned off. The point is that it's not physically above the land. It's like one dimension over from being above the land. And when you dive from Skyloft to the surface, you are passing between worlds, literally and figuratively. So the sky is not the the dimension known as the sky is different from the skies of Hyrule. It must be. Yes. You can see okay. the sun from the ground. Yeah, you can see the sun in both places. We don't know if it's the same sun. All right, let me consolidate this theory then. Okay. So Oceus has his wor- realm of the Ocean King. Yep. Levius has the sky. The Windfish is a much younger spirit, which is only just learning how to create its own realm. It does it in its sleep. Yeah, but it hasn't created, as far as we know, a permanent realm. Oh, okay. Yet. Hmm, okay. Uh, At some point, they were all... These realms were all conquered and subsumed into Hyrule. Is this going to be another thing where you frame Hylia as being Odin Allfather? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that I saw where you were going with this, just so I can ask you, please don't. <laughs> and that's why their corpses are in Breath of the Wild. Oh, oh my no. fucking god! Crystal, no. No, 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 no. Levius is a servant of Hylia already in this. Guardian of the skies, yes, but I still think that it's... Whether the sky... The Sea of Clouds, we should call it. I think that's what it is. The Sea of Clouds, whether the Sea of Clouds is made by Levius or Hylia, is almost irrelevant. The point more is that there's just enough here for us to assume that maybe it doesn't exist in the same physical space as the world below. That's all I meant. Okay. And I like that idea, that you pass from what may well be called heaven down to earth. So now on the surface, 
Link sort of trollops around, and the ground is trollops around, stomps around, tromps around, trollop walks around. Uh, trollop is a very different word. He's a trollop. Oh, no, I I just meant he he pads around. Okay. The ground is carved into a giant spiral downward, and he doesn't get very far before uh, he has some sort of a, a headache and a vision of, you know, a big wiggly boy um, that swallowed him earlier. The very similar to the headache vision combo that Zelda was having. The hearing of voices. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and something leaching out from the ground. It's bad. It's bad. And here you you run past a set of giant stone doors, which may have been opened recently, but now are sealed with a Sheikah eye symbol. Uh-huh. And here for people who are a little bit observant, they'll also note that the other half of the dome where the symbol of the six sages, the other, you know, three medallions is are, here. Is here, right. Half on the Isle of the Goddess, half here mm-hmm. in the sacred grounds. Right. Um, so Link go down into the big pit, and yeah. at the bottom of the big pit is a stake set on top of a seal. Yes. And the stake has the three symbols of the old gods. Oh, so one side has Faror's crest, one side Din's, and one side Nehru's. Yes. I actually don't think I've ever noticed that. Oh. It is a three-sided stake, though. That I do remember. Yes. And let's see. <laughs> is this where you fight Demise the first time? See, I didn't note that. Wait, what are you talking about? The, the fight the imprisoned? The fight the imprisoned. Wait, hold on a fucking second. I did not note that. You either. did not write down when you fight the imprisoned. Or if I did, it wasn't here. It is absolutely not right now, no. Oh, good. Okay. No, the imprisoned is not the first fight that you have. The not not your first boss Good. fight. It's not your first enemy. This is how much I remember enemies in games. I don't. Oh my god. Okay, no, that doesn't happen. You I think that the seal is starting to weaken though and that you are directed to reseal it with a skyward strike. Okay. I think. I didn't note that down. Sorry. Crystal, do you remember? I remember you arrived at Skyview Temple. Link looks down on it, and Demise is leaking out a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, you, are... you you do hit you do hit it with your Skyward Strike. Thank you. You know, I played this game three years ago last. I still remember this part though. Yeah, I don't have a great memory for this. All right, this is where Feel uh, teaches you the process process of dowsing. Yes, yeah, dowsing for Zelda. You gotta like dowsing for the yeah. What an interesting name to give to this particular thing. I guess it is just dowsing. What an interesting use of Wii Motion Plus. Uh huh. Point around and it will beep. Uh huh. She is a smartphone. I guess. Would you like me to explain this process to you? Nah. <laughs> and that's the choice you should always pick because we've already explained it to you. You set your dowsing target. And you point, and it'll tell you if you're going in the right direction. And Fee points you towards the giant stone doors. So you go over there. You notice that, again, the goddess is inscribed on these doors. Yeah, Hylia everywhere. Hylia everywhere. You push them in, and there is a little old lady in a giant pointy red cloak with hair in the shape of a pendulum that is swinging 
and a necklace with glowy purple bits. I'd say glowy blue bits. Oh, God. Yep. One of the things we have to never argue about is whether things are blue or purple. Yeah, geology uh, for Zelda games and blue versus purple. Oh, my the, gosh. The forbidden arguments. Wait, I, on Impa? Yeah, what color would you say the old woman's necklace is, Crystal? It's plainly blue. It's purple. <laughs> I may, Are we looking oh, at a different lighting? Sorry, it is blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <This one> never... <laughs> I remembered wrong. Uh, this is like the only time I've ever gotten her to acquiesce in this particular argument. Her bracelet is purple, her and that bracelet, bracelet is, is very important. Uh, that, the yes. fact that she is wearing it right now uh, deeply is... confusing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you go to the back of the room, uh, she's sitting in front of a pair of enormous doors, much larger than at the front of the chamber. And after you talk to her, and we'll get into what she says in just a second, but if you peek behind her through there, you can see a big orange crystal. And some vines, so it looks like a giant pumpkin. It looks like a big old pumpkin, but the point is that the crystal's there. Yes. And that's going to be really important for us to talk about later. Funnily enough, the dowsing points towards this old woman. It does not point towards the door. Fi's very confused. <laughs> All right. I mean, searching for Zelda's aura and she's wearing Zelda's bracelet. Yeah, but... She also had very recent contact with her, which is, I think, the explanation for why you are led on a wild goose chase for the next ooh, 15, 20 minutes. Right. Jumping ahead... Oh, don't you know, we want to talk about what what the old lady says? No, yes. But I mean to say that if it was just detecting Zelda, it should be pointing towards the back of the door. Y oh, yes. True. Maybe her energy, because at this point, Zelda hasn't awoken. Mm -hmm. So the awakened Zelda's energy is very different. That's the only explanation. That's the only one I've got. <laughs> Other than they forgot no, or going to, time travel. Well, our job isn't to explain that they forgot. Yeah. I think it's to interpret the facts as they are presented. Yes. God help us all because this game, more. I love this game more than any other game in the series. This game will try to kill us. Um, I would love to cosplay as Impa when I'm like 80. The old woman. Oops, spoilers. <laughs> I was trying so hard. Anyway. Yeah, no, the this old woman is Impa. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I mean, she is the old woman in the Zelda game. It's Impa. It's literally the last twist of the entire game. Sorry. Hopefully everybody has, you know, played Skyward Sword. It is the least popular of the 3D oh. Zeldas by a wide margin. Okay. Part of what we're doing here should be encouraging people to play through it, and I think we're doing a bad job. Oh, no, I mean, it's like Impa, and she's been sitting there for like a million years. Yeah, but they don't actually like tell you who she is until the very end of the game. Right, but we're going to say it. I mean, <laughs> fucking clearly. There, there's way too much not? for me to edit around now. <laughs> Players mostly will have figured it out. If not right now, then, you know, fairly quickly. If you're familiar with the series at all. When you scan the old woman with Fi, she goes, yeah, I have no idea who this is, but she seems she? like she's here to protect the temple, and she also seems really chill. 
Listen, we're not here to present information in chronological order. I thought that we kind of were. No, not really. All right. Um, I mean, that's part of good storytelling. We're here to tell the story. We're relating the lore and fiction. And fiction has structure, goddammit. No, we're talking about the lore and the fiction. We're not. We're just not trying to retell this story. What is this podcast? <laughs> we discussed the lore and the fiction of the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, like 90% of it is just us relaying the story. Why don't we talk okay, about Okay, let's talk about Impa's Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, because you see, at the end of the no, game... No, stop it here. Listen, we. Th- <laughs> I will acquiesce to y'all's bullshit on this. Fine. But I want to save that particular discussion for the okay. end because it has to be how we end talking about this. Okay. Okay, just remember, dear listeners, Impa's bracelet. Very important. In we- 15 episodes, we will talk about it at length. For five episodes. We walk out of the sealed temple. What does the old lady say to Link? Uh, greets him, something, something, go look for Zelda. You stand under the roof of the Seal Temple, a place built by the goddess an eternity ago. Your arrival here was predestined many, many years ago. The spirit maiden you seek arrived here shortly before you, descending to this land in a shower of light. There's no doubting it. The gears of fate have begun to turn. I think the next line is pretty important, too. Yet all is not as it should be. The spirit maiden was not meant to reach this land in the manner she did. I feel an evil power working in the shadows. It moves to warp the destiny of which you two are part. Um, Zelda didn't have a sailcloth. No, she didn't. So I guess she got his powder, power did. No, I think that probably Impa, as is later explained, uh. Impa is re- the old woman is responsible for her landing safely. Okay. It's never really shown very explicitly, but the old woman is an incredibly powerful figure who has access to all kinds of magic. So she evoked this shower of light then? Yes. By your reading. Okay. I'm fine with that. Um, She chides you or thinks very hard at you if you sit down on any of the stools inside of the temple. She disapproves of your lollygagging. Even if you have to heal your hearts because it's hero mode. Yeah, because you got your ass whipped by Deku Babas on the way over to the door. Uh Uh-huh. And after you are kicked out, um, you run into a Goron. Thank God. His name's Gorko. And Gorko's one of my favorite characters. Why? Because he speaks in the particular kind of formality that you would expect of someone who is familiar enough with a language to hold professional conversations in it but is not a native speaker. So he uses very few contractions, but he tries to be informal and constantly calling you buddy. And his speech is this eclectic mix of formality and informality that just gives him a very odd, fun rhythm whenever he talks. I like Gurko because he's an archaeologist. Oh, yeah. And he's got a giant uh, scroll and some sort of... um, notebook or something it looks like it's stone but gorin's would have a stone notebook of course um with the triforce symbol on it and he tells you that he's uh, studying ancient texts um, about this isle of the goddesses and you know sky people and so on he tells you all about this paradise in the sky 
where the weather is always perfect and there's a never-ending stream of pure clear water and all the fruits are heavy with fruit all the trees are heavy with fruit and if you eat the fruit you will live forever hey cameron yeah you think the canon in twilight princess is actually a dimensional portal um no okay that does raise questions about the gruesinator later, so uh, <laughs> we can talk about that later, though. Yes. Yeah. Fucking gruesinator. With him talking about eternal youth and so on, it made me think, like, are... Uh, is everybody in this setting immortal and just nobody talks about it? No, that's not what I thought about. Oh, okay. He clearly has that part wrong, but Hylia sent only the Hylians up. Humans. The humans. And everybody else was left behind. I think it's just that the humans were the only ones who could not survive. Uh, I guess. Based on conversations that you have with the devil later on, they were the most pathetic of all creatures. Yeah, but there's only like three Gorons. Uh, Gorons are born through (laughs) abiogenesis. So, I mean, like, they're going to keep going no matter what. But to believe in this whole mythology where, like, this chosen people was taken away and you are literally in the left behind group. That kind of sucks. Yeah. 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 Gorko teaches you about these, the other kind of saving bird statues, which will suddenly um, bring up a gust of wind, which will, I guess, teleport you into another dimension. Well, they take you back up through the same place on the pillar of light. (laughs) They do. It's a pillar of light. Yes. These glow purple. Okay. Or blue. They do definitely have sort of a purple sheen to them. What about it? Time stones. Time stones are blue. Time stones are fucking blue. They're super okay. blue. Then Hylia stones. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy that. Okay. I'll buy that the refinement of time stones does this. Following your dowsing, you tromp into Farron Woods. And I promise listeners that later we will explain what a fucking time stone is. And it's going to take a long time. But good thing we have time stones. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, Farron Woods is described as a lush place full of water and fauna. And you follow your little dowsing ability all the way to something which has a 5% chance of being Zelda. It's a little Five penguin size. with a bush for a butt. I love the kikui. Crystal, what are the kikui? A kikos are like little penguins with bushes for butt. <laughs> they have like a, a, a big light tan belly of the face that like, like there's no distinction between their face and belly basically. True. And then they have like a, a brown backside. That's a good description of them. But what are they? Are they forest spirits? Oh, you're asking if they're the kokiri? Yes. I don't see why they would be. So you think that this is the one instance of forest inhabitants who are not actually spirits of the forest i mean a deku tree is not around it's true that the deku tree is not around but we basically came to the conclusion that the deku tree is like an amalgam of a lot of forest spirits that developed into something much more powerful mm-hmm. so this just means that it's before the deku tree not that these aren't forest spirits there is a giant tree in Farron forest but it has no face on it it's not uh, awake. It's not awake. So you think it maybe eventually all the kikwi 
got reaperized into the big tree and became the gestalt consciousness that is the great Deku tree. What an an a deeply anthrocentric way to frame that. Just staggering. Like, um, but I, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really thinking of it in those terms. I guess I was just thinking like the Kikui, as you learned from talking to this particular one, are very frightened by everything on the surface and are constantly seeking to protect themselves by hiding from monsters and the like. Mm. They have bushes for butts, and the only way they really protect themselves is by lying on their bellies, hiding their faces, and spreading out their bush butts. And it makes sense to me that these forest spirits might end up creating a space for a new spirit to rise up that can provide them a safe environment where they don't have to hide, which is what the Deku Tree does. Okay. They're both plants and animals, like Bulbasaur. They are kind of like Bulbasaur, yes. I think that they're the ancestors of the Kukiri, and probably the ancestors of the Deku Tree. No, the, the Kukiri are Hillians. I'm not. No. We have we have as a body rejected the Zelda Encyclopedia. <laughs> we have. Don't pretend. Don't pretend, or we're going to have another Majora's Mask episode. I think this is at the point we can also bring up that Fi is very conservative with her percentage guesses uh-huh. in that she, she still awards a 5% chance that this Kikui may be Zelda. Although, you know, talking a little bit further, she does acknowledge that it's clearly not Zelda. Yes. Um, and through the rest of the game, she doesn't go above like 80 or 90% chance even when things are very, very definite. There is one case where she ha- uses the phrase absolute certainty. When? I don't know. Okay. She drops a 95. No, absolute certainty when you go to fight Demise. Oh, that you can't return. Right. Good job. Otherwise, programmed to be very conservative. So the little bush bud is over there and he's like, Oh, please don't eat me. Oh, I don't like it. Quee. His name is Machi. <laughs> Machi's a very cute name. And Link is like, oh, we, I, uh, look, have you seen my girlfriend? Or at least so, I think we're, I, I think mean, she's my girlfriend. Kikui are one of the five races that fought in the war against Demise. Yeah. Can we be sure about this? I'm not that sure about this. What what happened to their proud warrior tradition? Uh, okay, so Crystal's saying that they lost their warrior pride. Monica's saying that maybe the legend presented at the end of the game is not accurate in the way it frames the Kikui as fighting the devil. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. Or maybe the there's an old Kikui on the tree that sleeps and you have to hit it to wake it up. Maybe that one is, you know, really good at fighting. No, he's very scared of the water dragon. The water dragon. Yeah. Or maybe the Kikui, you know, played like a support role. And even though they're very frightened by the scary demons, they, they they summon the courage to deliver supplies and dig trenches and whatnot. They're very good at that, and they're also good at camouflage because they have bushes on their butts. Right, they were they were spies and scouts. Yeah, that's a very important the role to have. Not the Kukiri, they are the Sheikah. Oh no, <laughs> Crystal. I uh, hmm. <laughs> Moving on. The Sheikah do exist in this game. They do exist in the game, yes. They are not uh, one of the five races of the surface. They're not, which does suggest certain things about the incompleteness of that narrative. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the Kikui is like, no, go go talk to the big boss Kikui. 
He's really good at hiding, so it's possible that you will be not able to find him ever. But he knows everything that goes on in the woods, so if your friend came by, he'll know where she is. And he is a giant and also snoring, so he's not at all hard to find. Yeah, he when when you come upon him and you have to douse for him separately. No, I think you still douse for Zelda because yes. the assumption is that the boss Kikui would have come in contact with her. Yep, and Fee intelligently can remove Kikui you've already spoken to from the dowsing. I see. So you go and you find it, and after being given the expectation that this guy would be extremely cleverly hidden and impossible to find, and he's basically like 15 feet tall and weighs like 5,000 pounds, <laughs> and he's like a Kikui except 100 times regular size, and it's impossible to not see him no matter where you are. QQ. And he has a very deep voice. And he holds information about Zelda hostage until you can find... The other Kikui, he claims this is a memory lapse because of fear and worry, but he's clearly... Oh, right. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah. But he's an elder, so he has to look after his people. So when a wandering hero comes along, you you just got to make him do things. That's right. You do actually need to rescue one of them from Bacoblins, don't you? Pretty much, yes. One of them you rescue from Bacoblins. One is hiding in a patch of grass and you have to cut every grass and it crawls from grass piece to grass piece. It's adorable. They're very clever at hiding the Kikui. You round up all the Kikui and they're all safe and you go back to talk to Bucha, the elder, and he's a nice guy. He gives you the slingshot and remarks that Zelda ran deeper into the woods, the deep woods, and also, he saw some guy, some weird-looking guy running around. It's Garahim. Uh, maybe it's that the evil of Demise on the surface has stopped the development of the good spirits that would eventually become the Kokiri. And it's not until after Skyward Sword is over that the world returns to its more natural, magically rich state. We also theorize that it's possible that the Deku Tree gave up its life in order to repair the land. Oh, yeah, because it was supposed to have been utterly ruined. In the war. Yeah. All possibilities. Um, Here is where you can start finding goddess cubes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And these are specifically gifts left by Hylia. For you. For you, the hero that she has chosen. Because she has time powers and can see that you would be there and that you would need them. How do you activate the goddess cube? Skyward strike. What happened when you activate it? They fly up. And unlock treasure chests that are also purple. Uh. <laughs> That's all I have to say about them. Okay, are we almost to Skyview yet? Yes! You run over, and after some more puzzling, I guess it's worth saying now that um, the woods and every other place in uh, Skyward Sword on the surface, you keep exploring and you have to fight. There aren't that many monsters, but... The deeper in you go, the more shortcuts you can open so that any further times you you have to travel there, you can essentially quick travel and skip huge swaths of the area. So you'll be able to do something like you'll come back to a ledge that's above an area near the start and push down a log that allows you to climb up and skip like five minutes of running around. It's very well designed. It's a very Dark Souls shortcut. 
one might say that the exterior areas on the surface are like unto dungeons in themselves. Yes, they are absolutely a dungeon. They are, in a sense, because Skyward Sword has three major areas on the surface, they're like three super dungeons that smaller dungeons branch off of. A lot of people don't like that structure for some reason. I love it. It's great. Yeah. This is also the debut of the beacons. Hmm. You can set down little pillars of light that help you navigate. Um, that's where Scoured, uh, Breath of the Wild drew from. Oh, yeah. And eventually, you will walk across tight ropes and kill a bunch more bokoblins and knock down a lot of wasp nests and make your way over to Skyview Temple. And Skyview... Do you have to do anything to open the damn door? Yes, there is a riddle. It's not a very complicated riddle. It's something... It was something like, look look to the bird that is rising. And there's a, there's a bird on the door. It's a jeweled bird. And you look up, and there is a crystal. And you shoot it with your slingshot, and it opens the door. Going into temples in Skyward Sword is very cool because it plays around a lot with the motif of the underworld and the overworld. And Skyward Sword already has one layer of that with the sky versus the surface. But when you enter a dungeon in Skyward Sword, it's always this nice little cutscene where Link looks down a dark staircase that just plunges into the earth. And there's this moment where he takes in what he has to do and then he walks down into the darkness and it always feels very good is a good little cutscene. yeah it's great and it's good every time yes it really feels like you're about to do something very significant they knew how to do the theming of the act of going into a dungeon so this temple was sealed you had to hit a crystal yeah and solve a riddle to enter into it absolutely but it's not like it's a difficult one. You could do it by throwing a rock. Very true. Yes, but when you walk into it, uh, it, it's dusty. It's got all these weird glowy mushrooms and cobwebs everywhere. It gives the impression that it was closed off for the longest time. Oh, it's basically abandoned. Yep. And I guess I can talk about the architecture here. Um, the first thing that you see when you walk into the temple, aside from the mushrooms and the cobwebs and whatnot, is this weird relief of a a spirally eye on the wall. What the hell does that mean? I was thinking that it was like a Sheikah symbol. It's not exactly. Oh, okay. It's a pattern, though, and the spiral repeats itself. You kind of see it outside because Skyview, there are these giant vines or, you know, tree limbs that have spiraled out of the temple the dungeon is so decrepit at this point that the flora surrounding it have begun to invade mm-hmm. breaking through all of its major edifices with their root systems yes um interestingly enough also there's bird motifs on the ceiling and as you walk along the hallway you'll notice that the birds are all flying into the temple going deeper underground in and leading you in oh let's see um not too much else to mention as you go in you have to fight a salphos 
That's a pretty interesting battle. Are there any bokoblins in this dungeon? There are bokoblins in this dungeon. Yes, there are. Oh, okay. Stalfos is a fun fight in this particular game because it's a very simple fight as these things go, but it has a fun musical theme. And it'll hold up its swords to block certain uh, directions of attack, so you have to hit it from the right angle, and if you don't, it hits you. And you should be daring and try spin attacks. To do more damage. Yes. Um, oh, the Stelphos are also distinctly uh, deceased humans. Oh, does Fi mention that? Yes. Oh, they're dead human knights. Yes. That suggests different things about the history of the war, doesn't it? Yeah, there were knights in the ancient kingdom. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Do you think Demise rose up in the ancient kingdom first and followed Hylian humanity to the land that would become Hyrule? Maybe. I'm not sure. It's possible. Um... After yeah, beating maybe the it's like uh, it's like Gears of War, or it's like the the locust can tunnel anywhere into the earth except around the Jacinto Plateau because of the particular uh, geology of that region. So then, what they do is they have a giant worm dig a big hole around Jacinto, and that's what Demise had to do by attacking everything around the place where the old gods left the world. Is Demise also the big worm? Demise is a giant worm. <laughs> after after beating the Stalfos, you get the beetle. Which is the probably best the item. best item. Yeah, the best item in the game. This is such a clever evolution on the boomerang. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great use of the Wii Motion Plus because... You uh, you point and deploy the beetle. It's a little automated robot thing, and then you direct it along by tilting, uh, tilt controls. And you can make it bank and turn in either direction by rotating the remote. Yes. Um, what you do with it first is it seems to have very sharp wings, so it can cut things like spider webs or ropes or ropes. Um, you can also just bonk into things. Um, like giant crystals. Um, later on, you can make uh, pay for upgrades and make it zoom with A. And also, you get an upgrade where it can carry things. It turns into a little um, horned beetle. You get that in the desert area, right? Yes. That's necessary for progression. Yes. It is such a great device. I hope we get it again. It seems like it would be... Well, that wouldn't be difficult to do even without motion controls, would it? No, you you so. control it with a regular ass analog stick. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. I think that I'd want to see the beetle come back before the hook shot. Even that's not a popular opinion, but I have it. What if you combine them into a single item? Oh, like a beetle that has a rope attached to it. I was thinking more like a like a beetle that has a magnet thing that then pulls in Link. Oh, that could be cool. Ooh. I was just thinking like a beetle grappling hook. Yeah. <laughs> so you could use the beetle to attach to a tree, and so long as it has something to attach to within a certain distance, you could use it to, say, climb in the rain. Or what if there was no distance? What if you could do it at infinite distance? That'd be really far. That that's, <laughs> uh, that seems awfully far. Yeah. The beetle would run out of steam, or electricity, or magic. Crystal imagines a world in which you start off on the Great Plateau, and you launch your beetle... 
and the beetle latches onto uh, the throne that once <laughs> served to for as seat for King Rome Bosphorus Hyrule, and then you're pulled like dozens of kilometers all the way over there and go straight into the final battle. Yeah, why not? Awesome. I I can think of you know what? Sure, yeah. Um, a, a couple more things about the design of the temple. The giant center area, um, it's, it's like a giant vase or vase, but it kind of looks um, like a giant bird and there are little wings on the sides. A bird looking up um, and giving the temple its name, I think, because this whole center area, uh, the roof has been cracked off by the giant vines, so you have a view of the sky. So... You've described some details about Skyview Temple, Mm -hmm. and the impression that I'm getting is that it's using the motif of birds to funnel along people who might visit the temple, and it's meant to be a place where one may reflect upon the heavens. Yes, it It, is a holy place. all All of the birds lead to one viewing chamber that has an open roof where you can look to the sky literally sky view yes and this may also tie into how hylia uses birds as her motif and the sky is the holy place that she uses to protect humanity definitely which is why the japanese title is sky gazing temple and uh the french and spanish titles are temple of contemplation Mm. those are good titles i like contemplation the boss keys in uh, Skyward Sword are all very interesting. They're fun puzzles. They're fun puzzles, but they also the 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 key isn't exactly a key. It's a puzzle. Um, they all have a slightly different shape and description. This one is a golden carving, and what's it in the shape of? It's just golden. I. I you mean it doesn't have a distinct shape? It doesn't have a distinct shape that I could tell. But um, the way that the keys work in this one, how do they how do they fit in the door? You use your Wii Motion Plus because you have to rotate the carving to the appropriate um, orientation. Orientation, because there's a mysterious hole shape on the the door that you know may be difficult for people to puzzle about, but it will fit together. Just keep trying and rotating, and you'll get it. And the doors in this case, um, it's a giant uh, boss door with two birds, uh, I think, facing each other. And the boss key, you sink it in, and it disappears, and it unlocks the door. Very magical. Very magical. And you walk into the boss room, and there's Girahim. Hey, Girahim. Demon Lord Girahim, please. Yes. That is how Girahim call himself. He is not the king, but he is he is still of noble birth. <laughs> As demons do. Girahim... We've mentioned him a bunch of times already, but this is his first appearance. Sorry, Girahim. It's cool that they created a brand new villain for this game. That is cool. It is cool that they went with a whole new thing. And they're not going to bring back Ganon. (sighs) Not for this one. They still haven't brought back Ganondorf. He might be gone forever, you know? He might be gone forever. Well, um... Girahim is not very surprised to see you. This is where he admits that the tornado was uh, something that he stirred up. 
and he was hoping that it would tear him Link apart, but no, that didn't happen. Um, he is trying to get through the other door in the room. Uh, the, the room is a giant circle. Um, on the opposite side, uh, there's a door clearly sealed with light, and he can't get past it. He's just trying yeah. to hit it with his sword. Yes. Do you think his sword is also a spirit? No. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. He he mentions that this girl is there. He calls her Her Majesty, actually. Hmm. Maybe sarcastically. I really love how pissy Girahim is. He is very pissy. Like, just the fact that you show up it shouldn't matter to him, but he recognizes you. I guess because his consciousness was part of that tornado. And the way that he frames recognizing you is, I thought that tornado I stirred up would have tossed and torn you apart. Yet here you are, not in pieces. And it's like he's so upset that he didn't just accidentally kill you. And then he's upset that nothing's just going his fucking way. He mentions that he snatched the girl from the sky, yet the powers of that miserable servant of the goddess managed to pull her away from his influence. And it's all just gone to shit since then, and he's getting pretty mad about it. And on top of all that, this kid just drew his sword at him. <laughs> it's like, are you fucking serious with me right now? Is this what you want to do? All right, because Gear him like, he doesn't even spend much time looking at you he's still looking at the door mostly while he's talking but then he hears link draw his sword and there's a beat and he says in small text did you really just draw your sword <laughs> foolish boy he's a fun character somewhat in the line of you know zant or kafka or kafka it strikes me as more like Kefka from Final Fantasy VI and how any slight to him is taken extremely personally. Not because he actually takes it personally, but because he uses it as a... Um, oh, shit. There's a particular word that I want to use here. Where it's just like, this is the justification that I'm going to use for acting very cruelly. Mm -hmm. But they also make Girhim very fucky. <laughs> One might call him a homosexual stereotype. Yeah. One might. That is one thing that one might say. And that would be fair. And then we kind of sigh a little bit. Yeah. He, in this um, in this cut scene, like, teleports behind Link and grabs him and, like, protrudes his long-ass tongue to, to scare Link. He does like, kind of a snake flicker. It's not like he licks Link's face or something. Now, He's probably like, <laughs> unintentionally, this has generated a lot of fanfic. And fan art. And fan art. They didn't have to make his tongue so long. They didn't. And they didn't have to constantly have him talk about, like, punishing that naughty boy. Ah. <laughs> uh... He promises to be to not kill Link, but to beat him with an inch of his life. That's yeah. not what he says later. He, <laughs> he kind gets of, progressively angrier. He drops all pretext about having fun as the game goes on. Yes. He just gets progressively more and more pissed that Link is still around. Yes, but at this stage, he just wants to sort of toy with Link, He's supposedly. He's ta taking out his frustrations. <clears throat> He's a very good boss fight, amongst other things. Do you want to talk about fighting him a little bit? Do either of you have any opinions on this particular fight? No. I think, Cam, you're pretty good at fighting him. You had to tell me how to do it, so... What about you, Crystal? So, the thing about Girahim 
is that if you swing predictably, he will just catch your sword and you won't mm-hmm. be able to do anything. It feels so this is it's, the fight. It, yeah. Go on. No, no, I was just saying that feels very, very frightening the first time it happens. Yes. And it is it is frustrating for a lot of players because this is the point where the game is like, okay, no more kidding around. You need to learn how this combat actually works. Yes. Stalfos was just like a prelude to the fight with Girahim. Yes. So what you need to do is kind of trick Girahim because you can like hold the sword to the right so his hand will be on the right prepared to grab it. Then you quickly swing in the other direction. So he's, he's you trick him. You actually have a pretty good window of time to change your direction, funnily enough. Here's the funny thing about fighting Girahim in particular, which people might not notice if they fight him nervously. In this first stage, when he walks towards you with his two fingers held up, because those are the two fingers he's going to use to catch the sword, as soon as he stands in front of you, he'll shift from walking and he'll change his... he'll shift his hips over so that he widens his stance. And once he does that, his hand will stay wherever it is. So you can just slowly move it over onto his opposite side and hit him from there. A lot of players... Go ahead. Yeah, you can't... You can't mash your attacks. You gotta be deliberate, like in Dark Souls. Yes. A lot of people think that during this particular sequence, the only way to get past him is to hold it in one direction and then swing really hard in that same direction so you trick Link into hitting from the opposite side, preferably in a spin attack. You know, tricking the Wii Motion Plus into doing what it thinks it's not doing. But that's uh, not actually necessary, and in some ways it's harder than just fighting him normally. And after that, he turns into a a somewhat more normal fight, because you can just wail on him a little bit. And then he pulls his own sword out, and things get really interesting. Because once he pulls his sword out, you need to figure out how to counter his sword attacks. And probably the easiest way to do this is to shield bash, which will knock him off balance and let you get in some hits. Up to this point, the only enemies that required you to shield bash are Octorox. And you can ignore the Octorox if you want to, but Girahim, you need to do it good. I should have shield bashed much more in the game. Yes, absolutely. But you kept doing the backflip expecting... The flurry rush. The flurry rush backflip. You dodged a lot of attacks that way. Yes, I did. But you missed out on some opportunities to get in a ton of damage. Yes, I did. And Girahim is one of the best boss fights in the series because he acts as a tutorial for the higher level play that the game will expect out of you going forward. If you can fight Girahim effectively, then you can do almost any fight in the game effectively. You have the principles down. Um, after you're done, Girahim doesn't die or anything like that. He just sort of pouts a bit and remarks that, you know, the Zelda's presence has all but faded from the place, so... You know, there's no reason to stay any longer, and he warns you off and then vanishes. Yeah, he does also mention that the sword you carry is the only reason you're still alive. Yes, that is true. Um, once you get a look, a chance to look around the room, you still get a heart container, by the way. Thank goodness. The room is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's wait, another hold circle. on. Where does this come from? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. He drops it. From what? What's your take on this, Crystal? Because <laughs> oh, no. I know what my take is. I know what your take is. My take's easy. My take's very in keeping with what this scenario is. 
Okay. <laughs> it happens more than once in this game. Okay, here's yes. what it is. There was a boss in here. Girahim killed it, and he <laughs> took the heart piece, but then he dropped it on his way out. No, the, the thing about this room is there is no other boss in this room. It was an empty room. And we know that because Zelda came through before Girahim. That's always a very fun thing. And it's Zelda very... came through alone. Yes, that's something that you only notice in the end credits. But she ventured, she was guided over here by the old woman who Girahim mentions interfered. And this part was entirely alone on her own part. There may have been a shortcut, who knows. She's but... running ahead and Girahim's pursuing her. And it's not clear why, but she's managing to stay ahead of him. Yes. Okay, fine. The heart, the pieces are emblematic <laughs> of the experience Link gains. Yeah! No, yeah! don't give up, Crystal. Maybe maybe he collects hearts or something. <laughs> Girahim, I mean. Woo! He talks about blood a lot and so on. Oh, I'm just so happy right now. <laughs> okay. It took me a year to win this fucking argument. <laughs> a year and a half almost. You know how long we've been doing this? Like a year and really? two months. Wow. Oh, when was the anniversary? A while ago. Okay. We missed it. Oh, okay. But, yeah. So, um, again, the, there's motifs in this room of birds, and on the ground is a giant sun with a spiraling center. What? I really don't know what it means, but we see it a lot. I either I theorize either that the sun is also a symbol of Hylia or actually is a symbol of Link. Huh. What do you make of the spiral? Nice design. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You were thinking real hard about these ones. I I don't know. I was already interpreting that it might mean the hero. That's that's fair. The eternity, the eternal spirit of the hero. Uh, there was no spirit of the hero before this game. As formed in this by Hylia, who's looking okay. from the edge of time. When you say bird motif. Yes. What do you mean? There's a lot of different bird designs. I can't remember the exact pattern on the walls of the, the boss room. Ah. There's several different. There's the lo the definite loft wing front view. There are the you know flying ones that kind of look like Ho Ho from Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. And there's just other more generic looking birds. So, anyway, we walk through the seal. It's not hard for Link to do, and you come across uh, a fountain, a spring. Because that's what's at the heart of the Skyview Temple is a holy spring. Yes. Right, the spring of courage. And, yeah. Though we don't know it. As that here. Well, there's only two springs in this game. Yes. Yeah. They're, they don't go to the mountain spring. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Maybe there was a hidden one the whole time. Zelda just woke up a lot faster. Yeah. But yes, these, for our listeners unfamiliar, these are the springs that um, are in Breath of the Wild that Zelda travels to. And they look exactly alike down to the very pillars in place. Yeah, it's very clear in Breath of the Wild that you're standing in the same where the Skyview Temple used to be when you find the Spring of Courage. That was so cool. That's really cool. It's so fucking and, cool. And for all those people that poo-poo on Skyward Sword, like it's just the most incredible feeling, you know, discovering all these connections to this game in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it did feel very good. Yeah. And you do a, a skyward strike on the bird symbol that's sitting there in front of the a statue of Hylia. And yes. then she pops out with a message written in the language of the gods of old. Yes. This is the, an interesting part. Hmm. You don't usually hear from those girls much. No. 
Or rather, here in their languages. This is from Hylia. From the edge of time, I guide you. The one chosen to carry out the goddess's mission. The spirit maiden who descended from the clouds must travel to two sacred places to purify her body. You stand in one of these places, Skyview Spring. The other is known as the Earth Spring. This second spring is hidden away deep within the scorched earth of Elden. The spirit maiden, ever mindful of the heavy task entrusted to her, has set out for the second sacred place. And as as this dialogue plays, Fee is dancing all around the spring, which suggests to me that is the translation of the language of the gods. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So a slight correction to what was mentioned before: there is a, a, a spring for Din. There's no spring for Nehru. Yeah, I meant the mountain. Okay. On Mount Lanehru. Yeah. Um, I like this whole idea of, you know, purification to accept I guess the Holy Spirit or to awaken the Spirit. It's very, very Japanese. It's also very much in keeping with certain Christian tenets. Yeah, the, but the, the idea know, this is actually a Japanese game. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, the idea of purifying the self to be more holy is in a lot of cultures. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the line, From the edge of time I guide you, the one chosen to carry out the goddess's mission? Hylia can see into the future, and in a way where it's not just simply seeing into the future, it's seeing, I guess, all time. Why does she say the goddess's mission more formally <laughs> does she always speak like this it's not clear she, um, um, i think she refers to herself as i in later messages she does refer to herself as i usually like and even in the sentence i guide you but right like, what crystal is suggesting is that that i is not the goddess oh. who is referred to in the third and person further ones it's pretty clear it's her it's kind of ambiguous in this one though really? i i, I would not even say the- it's ambiguous i would say it is from just this text plainly not her there's this line comes up a bunch well, so you're saying that this... Hmm. I'm wondering if perhaps this line is written to be read in Fi's voice. Ah. Uh, but then, I don't know. Crystal, who are you saying this is? Because I'm not sure. Because Hylia speaks the language of the old gods, which is why Fi speaks the language of the old gods. Yes. But th- this almost definitely isn't written by the old gods. Even in this game, they're so far removed that they are far more alien than they're presented in any other game in the series. Hmm. Yeah, definitely later messages, she she says clearly that she is talking from her place at the edge of time. Yeah. I think that it may be a translation issue with this particular line, but I couldn't say for sure. It is a very cool line, though. Yeah, from the edge of time, I got. What does that even mean? Hylia, mm, Monica sees it as Hylia being able to see all of time at once, essentially. Do you think she's the goddess of time? Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. Okay, I've I've held this since before we started this podcast. Um, It's interesting to me because Hylia is one of two characters in this game who has a perspective that seems to exist outside time. Yes. Yeah. 
much like Minerva from Assassin's Creed. I beg your pardon. Oh, much like Minerva from Assassin's Creed, who definitely had a uh, uh, an inhuman conception of time. How was hers inhuman? Well, uh, when she meditated at the nexus of time, she was able to calculate uh, the probabilities of alternate futures, which she used to send messages into the future. What the fuck is the nexus of time? The nexus of time? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, hold on why Google nexus of time Assassin's Creed wiki. Uh, well, there's no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Okay. It's a disruption in time from where probabilities were calculated. A disruption in time. From where the probabilities were calculated. <laughs> distinct a- from the sync nexus. Where would you say that Assassin's Creed gave up trying to be even related to hard sci-fi? Oh, that would be Assassin's Creed 1. Outside of the problem of the whole genetic memory shit. That would be Assassin's Creed 1, Cameron. Would that be because of the ending with the apple and so forth? Yeah, among yeah, other okay. things. Yeah, alright, I guess so. God, f- 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 t- fuck off. Fuck. <laughs> assassin's creed right i can't take this shit i mean that's how i imagine the edge of time to be i'm just trying to make an analogy to another piece of artistic media i think that think of time as a room which hylia can stand outside of if she so chooses right like this like the nexus i don't know if that's what that is because i don't follow assassin's creed when i like the saying that you use about moving through time like a room with a door i like the way you worded it previously that she moves through time like one moves through a room oh yeah did i say that in the last episode maybe it's something that you use often i like it it's also how gigas do i stole that from a literary essay about earthbound i think when link walks into the spring the skyview spring he does he expect Zelda to be there? Maybe. Girahim fe- kind of comments that her she's basically gone. I feel like I remember him being disappointed at this part. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? I don't have the cutscene open. I don't either, and I don't plan to. Why is the goddess of time revered in Termina? She's very important. <laughs> I mean, it. the whole place is built around a clock. Time's very important in this land. But why would they know anything of Hylia? Well, because Skull Kid knows of Hylia, and Termina is only his dream. Okay. Oh, uh, Cameron. No, if Crystal's going to do this encyclopedia shit, then so am I. Okay. I'm I going think, to reject both of those. I think maybe it's closer that Termina may... If the Sea of Clouds is Levius's realm, then maybe Termina is Hylia's. Oh... What a grim, and sad that, place. And that would make sense why Demise hates her so much. What do you mean? Because she she created Termina and then abandoned it for a place that she thought was better. Oh, I, I'm seeing Termina as a much younger realm than you are. Because in spite of the fact that Hylia dies here, or dies in the backstory of this game and is supposed to be dead and gone, she's still very clearly around. She's a very active member of this story. Yeah. Not just in this game, but also in Breath of the Wild. She talks to you directly. Because 
to be clear, Skyview is a a place of worship of Hylia or, you know, a place of Hylia. Right. And it's a testing ground of the hero set by Hylia. That's what Skyview Temple is. It's Every temple in this game is very specifically here to act as a test to forge the hero into who he is supposed to be. I would also say up to including um, having that final room, not including a boss, but knowing that Girahim will arrive. That's true of all the places where you fight Girahim. There was no guardian, but only there. Yeah. Interesting observation. How long have we been recording? We've been recording for over two hours. Woo! I'd say this is a good place to call it. I think so. We we finished a dungeon. That's true. We finished a dungeon. Good job. That's putting us on our way. How far into the uh, cutscene compilation are we? Uh, About an hour on this three-hour video. Oh, yeah. Wow, fast. Can where people send us questions? You can send questions to the podcast email, bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. That's bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to have to cut real carefully to make sure (laughs) that we leave that delay in there. Oh, damn, we got plenty of email. I didn't even ask for two questions this time because I knew there'd be plenty of emails. Yay. We do still have some questions in the question document, let's, right? Let's let's go ahead and clear that question document first, I suppose. Don't look at those top ones. Okay. Why? Because these are jokes. Okay. We have some leftover questions from the Zelda cartoon episode. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Two Hands asks, is Lincoln Ass Man in this one? Oh, no. I think well, it's pretty well established that Link is a mouth man. <laughs> yeah, that yep. he definitely has an oral fixation. Cartoon Link is something. Rawl asks, if it's not too late, why is Link actually a fuckboy? Does he deserve harassment charges filed against him? If you interpret the cartoon very... Um, literally? Literally. If you interpret the cartoon very literally, he deserves, you know, to go to jail. But if you if you read into the subtext, then I think it's pretty clear that Link and Zelda are actually just playing games in an entirely consensual relationship. It's one big kink role play, and that's fine. And that makes the plot a lot better. It does. The alternative is that he basically, you know, peeps on her wolf whistles, you know, grabs and ties her up to him with his belt it's all very uncomfortable brow beats her into sexual favors oh my goodness a link in the cartoon is either a goofy caring kinkster who's a little bit too open about his particulars or a sexual predator so you know take it as you will who's holding like the kingdom hostage based on like gratifying him i prefer my interpretation yeah doesn't everybody i hope so that he's just kinky and stupid and so is she dory mingu asks do you feel like you need to just pull out a chalkboard and go step by step over your various timeline theories like doc brown yes um for a while i've really wanted to just you know photoshop together a giant actual timeline but it's still constantly in motion right we have not finalized our timeline quite yet and i think this game in particular 
has the capacity to seriously challenge us. Yeah, like the uh, Skyward Sword is the game that spawns the very idea of the accursed timeline in the first place. But depending on how you read the text, it could also shatter the entire edifice like a hammer. After I finished playing, I, I drew out a chart of Skyward Sword by itself. Which is very difficult. Let me tell you, this game has inconsistencies. The last five hours of this game, just in terms of how time works, never mind the time stone thing. The time stone thing is already some real mind-bending shit. But the ending of this game is a nightmare. Crystal, I think in the Ocarina of Time episode, you mentioned how you hate time travel in Zelda games. Did I say that? Like, because of the particular complications that it adds to the story? Okay, sure. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. If I did say that, I disagree with myself. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure that somebody can write in and correct me on that. But Ocarina of Time is absolutely benign compared to the shit that Skyward Sword pulls. Uh-huh. Like, there's nothing complicated about it. So, no chalkboards, but I think that Monica and I will be designing a PDF for the timeline episode. Definitely. I think you'd probably need to do a three-dimensional sculpture. <laughs> that would be difficult, but we... What, what the fuck? We could try. Okay. If you can... If we... I mean, how much is like a computer-aided design program and a 3D printer cost? A lot, but I mean, we could so rent what's a... going to take? We could, pr we could rent one of the 3D printers at the library. Okay. Oh, damn. You got that? Yeah, yeah, we, have we a do. Great library system. Damn. The Toronto Public Library system is one of the very best in the whole fucking world. Shout out to Toronto Public Library. They are underfunded, but they're doing so much with it. Tim asks, "What if Skyward Sword is actually set after Breath of the Wild, which is why there are robots in the distant past, but then also Breath of the Wild is still the future? Basically, what if time is a circle?" <laughs> I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Nothing's out of the realm of possibility. You know, things keep on being rediscovered or invented for the first time, like Link's outfit. So, yeah. The Calamity Ganon retreats into the depths of the earth and then pops out again as Demise, the Demon King. Or it pops out having split into multiple Demon Kings, where the Calamity Ganon is Maladus, is Demise, is Girahim, is the beast that would become Majora. And one of the line of Zelda's awakens fully into Hylia and lives as Hylia for a while. And the temples, or the springs rather, were set in Breath of the Wild first, and one of them collapsed, and there's now only two. Antiquity in The Legend of Zelda is eternal. You can <laughs> always go further back. There is no beginning. There are only stories that get told after a beginning. Time could be a circle. Yes. You want to save these last two questions? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think these should definitely be saved. Let's read emails. 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 That's my Brad Shoemaker impression. Emails. Shakal Draconis asks, Hey crew, had a quick theory listening to your last show. What if the demon train is actually a fallen slash corrupted slash traitorous spirit of good? That would explain why only an artifact of light, the compass of light, was able to locate it. Google's suggested responses to this are, that would be cool, very cool, and love it. That would be cool. That's what I would click. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the demon train doesn't speak in any sort of way, so it's hard to guess. It looks very evil. Yeah. <laughs> it looks very evil. It's literally the most evil-looking thing in the game. It looks like Gandorf. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's not out of the question that it is a spirit formally of good. What's your take, Crystal? Well, the spirit tracks were created by the spirit of good, so they they... They were the first ones associated with trains. Yeah, it's weird that the you know a demon train would be used to operate on. I mean, actually, it doesn't even operate on the tracks though. Nope. It flies around. Right. It can't. It uses... Why? Mm-hmm. Why build a train if you're not going to use tracks? Maybe it can't touch maybe the tracks because like... they're too. Maybe. Too holy. Yeah, maybe the demon train is like mendicant bias in the Halo lore, where. It... <laughs> Crystal was, Cam just, his head hit the table. It was a creation of the spirits of good, but then corrupted by the grave minds. I'm I'm very amused by the idea that, like, the demons saw the spirits of good with their spirit train, and they're like, ha, huh, we'll do you one better. Here's our, you know, radical metal burning head guy, and it don't need no tracks. If we're pretending that the... Uh... Battle with Maladus was concurrent with the battle with Demise, in fact, two fronts of the same war, then the image of Ganondorf is much older than Ganondorf the man. Do we know mm. that Demon Train is that old? I suppose that we don't, but the Dark Realm was sealed off for a very long time. Huh. Maybe it's meant to be Demise. Mm. Demise actually doesn't look like that, though. Demise has more of the Akuma from Street Fighter face going. He looks very different from Ganondorf. I guess so. They got the fire thing right, though. I think that it's more likely an answer to the spirit train than it is itself a corrupted or traitorous spirit of good, but it is a cool idea. Can you imagine Demise in a cute little conductor's hat driving the spirit train? Yeah. Train? Uh-huh. 100% actually. Yeah. Choo-choo. And when Demise has to cross the ocean, Maladus takes control. And he says, leave it to me. What if uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future 3 uses time travel train? Uses time, well, at the end, he has a time travel train. Okay. <laughs> and he uses it so much that he breaks time and he falls into the dark world. And his train becomes evil. What happened to Doc Brown? He died. Oh, I guess you would if you fell into the Dark Realm. Probably Maladus ate him. Yeah. Take that, Doc Brown. You child-endangering motherfucker. Why am I being so harsh on Dark Doc Brown? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never sat all the way through one of the Back to the Future movies. It's a good trilogy. I'm sure. I mean, Doc Brown did fund uh, Libyan terrorists. <laughs> he did. Oh, did that happen? Yes. He did commit treason against the United States. He oh, got good. his plutonium from terrorists. Wow. Good going, Doc Brown, you motherfucker. I'm glad Maladus ate you. Jasmine writes, Hey, friends, what do you think about Beatrice's quest line? Beatrice being the item check shop girl. And all the weird snooping you do on Skyloft. Was it weird to bring back... Oh, God. Was it weird to bring back Poophole Hand and turn it into a girl for a love story? How's the bamboo cutting minigame holding up? <laughs> to be clear, um, what Jasmine is referencing here is the toilet hand from Majora's Mask, 
and it is sort of brought back in spirit for a side quest that we will get into in detail in the relevant episode because it's a great side quest. What a good recurring character. Also appeared in <laughs> Oracle of Ages. Yes. Oh, that's an extremely good recur- re- recurring character. Yeah, it's- we're not going to get it much into the, the love story right now, but I, I think it was a great um, recurrence. It's super good, and it has the only meaningful uh, moral choice in any video game. <laughs> oh, goodness. Link is very much a snoop in this one. Oh, he's a prick. He is... He, he meddles in the love affairs and life affairs of all the students. People keep pulling him into it. In yeah, fairness. yeah. Um, and it is a shoujo, so you're kind of expecting it. We forgot to mention that Link can sleep in everybody's bed. That's he just true. plonks on down without you know any regard for you know who slept here. Maybe they need the bed. I'm going to sleep all the way into the middle of the night, apparently. But that's just the thing. People don't seem to really mind. No. And they acknowledge that he does it, and people are very free in letting other people use their beds. Yeah. Which is doubly interesting, because for a lot of people, the idea of private property begins and ends with the particular place that you sleep. And that people who live on Skyloft don't hold that sense of jealous possession for their own beds is just interesting. But everybody has their own bed. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of them are very customized to themselves. Yes. Beatrice's father sleeps on a bed where the frame is made entirely out of bamboo. And Pippet's has all of this patchwork on it. And everybody has different colored blankets. They're all as personalized as everything else about yeah. the living spaces. They just don't mind game. sharing, I guess. Yeah. I like uh, Pietra's father, Peter, because he has a very small face. <laughs> he does. It's like this really, really handsome face just shrunk down. He has a very large head, and his face takes up about 20% of it. Yeah. It's a very strong aesthetic to communicate that he used to be, like, real hot shit. He was a knight, and he's still wearing the knight outfit and the chainmail. Yeah. It just doesn't fit so good. What do you think about that quest line, Crystal? What do you mean? Beatrice's quest line. What do you think of it? I like that you can... There's romance in this game. There is. What do you choose, Crystal? I mean, Zelda. (laughs) No. Okay. See, there's actually three answers to this question, even though you only have two options. There's dating Beatrice. There's letting Beatrice know that you're not interested in her. And there's the really really horrible one which is what monica would be doing if she selected no if you selected this it is what you would be doing because it's how your brain works is leading beatrice on i do not lead her on i'm not saying that you do i'm saying that if you chose the option where beatrice is allowed to think that you like her back it would be with the understanding that at the end of the game once the credits roll she gets dumped for Zelda. I think the game moves in that direction anyway. Okay, you see exactly what I'm saying then. Okay. For you, well, it's two options and one of them is evil. Yeah, so I don't take it. And that's why I'm there's three options. I'm not saying you do, you jackass. Okay. <laughs> Cameron, calm down. I, I, you have to understand that this is an argument of perspective that Monica and I have multiple <laughs> times. Where I try to explain... A thing, and she's like, "I don't do that." I'm, like, I'm not okay, saying look, you do that. 
Zaylink is canon in this game. Oh, absolutely. But you have the option of also either professing your love to Beatrice or not doing that. Yep. So either way, you have to be very direct. She asks you to confirm a bunch of times. How do you know that Link doesn't date both Beatrice and Zelda? I guess you don't. Except if you're Monica, in which case he definitely doesn't. And why would you even ask that question? <laughs> Beatrice is a lot happier on her own. I don't know about that. If you choose to get with Beatrice, she is absolutely puppy lovesick the entire game. Yeah, but the, eventually that infatuation will fade, Cameron. And then what, where will she be? I guess she'll end up re- bringing Link onto a Zelda podcast to talk about the lore. <laughs> Cameron... Do you think Beatrice and Link are capable of having the deep love of a long-lasting relationship, or do you think they are they are doomed to break up once Beatrice gets bored? I don't think that it will be Beatrice who does that, but I also think that Link's no good for her to start with, and a little bit of heartbreak paid forward into knowing what to expect out of boys is worth it. I will protect that girl from that sick motherfucker. Keep Link out of her life. God damn it. I'm very tired. Is that it for questions for now? I think I think that's it for questions for now. Okay. Save the rest. Beatrice is good. She's very fun. And it's a very funny side quest. And her dad is really weird her and paternalistic. Her dad is terrible. Oh, he's awful. Oh, my fucking God. Are we going to talk about that? In- yes. Okay. Well... Fucking mark your calendars because Beatrice's dad has a funny design and he's a paternalistic piece of shit and we are going to drag him all over Skyloft. Cameron, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. You can find me on Twitter at ArcaneCrystal. You can find me on AudioEntropy.com where I also do podcasts like MCU Completely. MCU Complete Me. Like the Jerry Maguire quote. You complete me, but MCU. We talk about all their Marvel movies and decide if they're good or bad. We give them all letter grades, and then we put them on an organized list. And speaking of organized lists, there's also Let's Place, the show where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Currently, the number one game of this recording is The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Yay! And you also find me at patreon.com slash arcane crystal. Would you like to hear a Zelda joke? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me bring it up. This one comes in from Jonathan at Pirate Burger. Did you hear they removed the main villain from the series? He's no longer Ganon. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, How about something like he's he's Ganon? <laughs> uh, yeah. You took a thing and you made it even worse. He's Ganon. Fuck. <laughs> because he's gone. Shut he's up. He's gone in from the Ganon. Uh, a gone him. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck Yay. off. A gone, a gone him. A gone him. We'll workshop this. We'll make it work. <laughs> Maybe like a Thank gone Thank you for the like joke, Jonathan. What is Ganon's favorite... Uh, hold on, workshop this. <laughs> what is Ganon's favorite game? A, a gone home. A yeah. gone home. Yeah. A great game. With one jump scare. What's oh? It, can has Gone Home become a genre yet? The walking simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what does Ganon prefer to call any given walking simulator? A Gone Home. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh fuck.
No, I don't clap for that. Oh, I should go to jail. I want to give you an award. Okay, goodbye. Great pun award. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.